0: Welcome to the You Can Make It So podcast, episode number 96. This month, we've been focusing on time management. and So far, we have looked at the four principles of great time management. We've tackled the time management myth. We've embraced a new time management tool. And we've also examined the premier time management skill. I encourage you to go back and to listen to our past podcast episodes both on our website phoenixlifecoachingcanada.com or through Spotify. Today we have a great guest with us because we're going to talk about his book. The book is called Come Up For Air and our guest is Nicholas Sonberg. Nick spent eight years working as a high-frequency trader on Wall Street where he developed a passion for efficiency and that's our focus today. You ready? Let's get after it. Let's make it so. I'm very excited to be welcoming Nick Sonnenberg to the You Can Make It So podcast. Nick is an entrepreneur, a Wall Street Journal best-selling author, an ink columnist, a guest lecturer at Columbia University. And before founding Leverage, a community that I'm a member of, he spent eight years working as a high-frequency trader on Wall Street, where he developed a passion for efficiency. The CPR business efficiency framework is the culmination of Nick's unique perspective on the value of time and efficiency and automation that he's developed over nearly a decade of working with teams of all sizes and across all industries. His book, Come Up for Air, How Teams Can Leverage Systems and Tools to Stop Drowning in Work, really is, in my opinion, a masterpiece. And we're going to be taking some time to look into it along with the CPR framework. So I'm excited to be welcoming Nick Sonnenberg to the You Can Make It So podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. Before
0: we talk uh, talk about your book, Come Up For Air, let's learn a little bit about you and uh, tell us your pathway to where you are now and how you became passionate about efficiency. How did this all come about?
1: So my background is in financial engineering. I was a high frequency trader on Wall Street for a long time and In that space, you develop algorithms and code computers at microsecond speeds, all based off of math. And after I got out of that, I got into startups. I was always passionate about time. I mean, in in high-frequency trading, a microsecond can mean millions. I got into startups in the productivity space. I developed an app that was a new way of scheduling plans more efficiently. And during that app launch and kind of getting that off the ground, I had this other idea for building a freelancer marketplace on the back end of a company called Zirtual going bankrupt. And so I'm in the productivity space. I'm passionate about figuring out ways to save time, delegate, automate stuff. And so I'm having dinner one night with uh, one of my close friends who was also in the productivity space. And we were talking about Zirtual blowing up and we decided uh, that we could build a better version of it. And so I said at the end, all right, this is pretty cool. Why don't we just hack this together and see if we get anywhere? Um, how about how about you get a few clients and I'll build the I'll build like an initial back end. And you know, this was a Sunday. So I said I, I would do that on Monday. You get five clients on Monday and we we launch Tuesday. And we did that. And you fast forward a year, and we've got 150 people on the team, seven figures of revenue, all from using automation and you know tools in clever ways. But we made a ton of mistakes and even though we grew very fast we were lacking well-defined processes especially in customer success and delivery um we got ahead of our skis like out of 150 people only like three knew who i was we were losing money left and right we were losing almost half a million dollars a year we had three quarters of a million dollars in debt and one day we're having coffee in a co-working space that we worked at and i'm holding my cup of coffee and i get a tap on the shoulder and he tells me he's out not in 2 weeks or 2 days like he's out in 2 minutes he's leaving right now and i go white and i'm holding my coffee and i'm thinking to myself holy crap this is we are going to go bankrupt um and i had to make a decision do i also walk away from the business or um do i stick it out and i decided to ultimately stick it out but it was tough man like we lost 40% of revenue, clients, team members within a three-month period. I'm cashing out before I know it. I'm cashing out my 401k. Uh, my dad is taking a second mortgage on his house like to help us make payroll. And so I was working crazy hours, like 16, 18 hours a day. And the limiting factor was time. You know, I knew I could fix stuff, but I just needed more time. And it's hard to work more than 16 or 18 hours in a day. So, but it just like it takes money to make money. It's the same with time. It it takes time to make time. And when you're drowning in work, um, it's it's hard to figure that out. And so I I took I, I started identifying kind of the the big places where there were inefficiencies. And so I identified three big places. The first was communication. You know, there was just nonstop pings and dings. Um, and for communication, we use Gmail for our email and, and Slack for internal. And both were a complete nightmare. Um, the second was planning. So that's where we organize tasks and projects. So we've used Asana for a long time, but we were using it not in the best way possible. And most delegation was happening in text or email or or Slack. And you know that, that caused me to not be able to just click click a button and know who's working on what, what the status of certain projects are. And so I knew that I needed to fix that and better utilize our work management tool so I could click a button and answer these important questions. And then the third bucket was our resources. Like what are what's our IP, our assets, our not, digital knowledge, our processes, our SOPs? And I already did a pretty good, decent job of that, but I knew that I needed to do better even in that third bucket. So when you spell that out, you have communication, planning, resources, and that's that was the genesis of my CPR framework. And People started, just through word of mouth, reaching out to me to help them roll this framework out. So I got to work with Ethereum, Tony Robbins, Poopery. And this was just like a side thing. I spun up an LLC and I just started noticing it didn't matter if you were a three-person financial advisor or you know some massive crypto company. Um, everyone needed to communicate plan and resource better in their companies. And so being an entrepreneur, I kind of saw that that was the big opportunity and shifted the core business of leverage to what it is today, which is an operational efficiency training platform uh, where we help serve employees and teams with our defined best practices, our proven and tested best practices of how to get the most value of all these modern day tools that are commonplace inside of your team. Um, And then- you know, I also wrote a book about it as well to spread the word even further.
0: Well, we're so glad that you stuck with it, uh, even though you turned white. Uh, we're glad that you. <laughs> stuck with Thank it. you. Um, this is a really general question, but uh, in your book, come up for air. Uh, you begin with the premise that the most valuable resource that we have is time. Now, some people might say that individually that might be true, but professionally, the most valuable resource that someone has is skill or getting more clients, or doing more marketing, or just getting more work done. Why is time and systems and efficiency the most valuable thing that someone has?
1: Well, especially nowadays, the value of skills is changing rapidly with AI. You know, the skill of writing for it right now, even the skill of developing, now you can ask Chat GPT to do a first pass that's starting to get pretty good. Skills will change the needs of skills will change as a function of the market and the world and where it's moving. In general, with more time, you can learn almost any skill. Right. When I when I try to think of frameworks, I try to think about the extreme edges of something. So in this case, let's think imagine you had infinite time or you had a million hours. You probably build up almost any skill, don't you think? So um, to me, time is just the most valuable resource because with more time, I can learn those skills. I can I have optionality. And just because in Q1 maybe the skill of writing is important, it doesn't mean that in Q2 it's going to be important. But if I could tell you, I could save you. In general, we're saving ten hours ish a week per person per per person in a company. That doesn't matter what goes on with AI or anything. That's going to be valuable for you for the rest of your life, regardless of your industry, regardless of what's going on externally. Let's get into
0: the weeds a little bit. In in your book, you say that that most people, most leaders are drowning in work. Why, why do you think that is?
1: I think they're drowning in work for multiple reasons. One, they're super inefficient. And they have, that's what I call in the book, the scavenger hunt problem, where they spend so much time on work about work, they don't know where to find things. Yeah, I think that there's an incredible amount, almost half of people's week is on low level stuff, looking for a document that's misorganized, inefficient meetings. And so if if people are giving you and expecting out of you you know, full-time effort towards projects, but half of your time is... Wasted on crap. You either have to work, say you're expected, to, say you're targeting a 40 hour week, but 20 hours is just on crap. If your boss is giving you 40 hours worth of work, you either are going to disappoint your boss or you are going to have to work 60 hours to make up for it. Now,
0: you're a regular columnist with ink magazine, and uh, mm-hmm. they're excellent articles. And I know uh, there's been kernel after kernel that I've taken from so many of the ones. That you've written and in one recent one you said that there are three things that entrepreneurs can rely on during times of crisis they can either rely on relationships curiosity and time can you unpack why that rings true
1: the quality of your relationships is also one of the most precious assets that you have you know the irs can take away all of your money but they can't take away your relationships right and Money you can grow back. You can't grow back to time. So anything that is replaceable or repairable to me is less valuable. So that's why if you if I had the choice in general, I mean, if you want to give me a billion dollars or an extra like hour this year, I'll take the billion. But and I think curiosity is really important too, because especially in a in a world that's changing quickly, I think some one of the most dangerous things is a mindset of um lack of agility. And I think that you have to be open-minded and always looking for a better way or never make the assumption that what you have is perfect and you never have to revisit it.
0: In your book, you, as you have mentioned, you outline the foundational principles of CPR, communication, planning, and resources. Um, can you just pick one of those, communication, planning, or resources, and just kind of unpack for us what that component of the entire framework is about.
1: Well, let's just say communication because that's usually the fa- fastest thing to, to fix. Communication tools that I that I talked about in the book, you have text for personal, email for external, and you have Slack or Microsoft Teams, or even Google Chat for internal. And most people aren't clear on like what should even be considered communication, right? So if I want to announce like, hey, everyone, Uh, we just hired Nick on the team. Welcome, Nick. That's communication. If it's, hey, Matt, can you get this article for Inc. done by Friday? That's a task. You know, you want to be able to hold that person accountable. And essentially, anything that you put in a communication tool, you should just assume that you're not going to be able to track the status of that stuff or refer back to it, right? So... But most time, most of the time, people are putting things in there that they do want to refer back to, or they do want to hold people accountable for. And different tools are built for different purposes. And that communication tools are built to communicate, not to manage tasks and projects or document state, you know, standard operating procedures.
0: You uh, speaking of communication, you you've started your your own podcast.
1: Well, I wanted to do something where I felt like we were relatively unique, and um. You know, in the past, I've experimented with podcasts where I interview uh, people and, and that that's a great format. But um, Jay and I are close, close friends. And although we're quite different, we have a similar way of kind of lateral thinking. And so I just felt like the best content that I could create would be showcasing kind of how we both think. And it's both a nice gift and helpful to the person that's showing up. They're essentially getting a twenty thousand dollar consultation, and it's unique content that's very educational. I mean, even though I'm the co-host, I think I learn a lot. Jay learns a lot. The guest learns a lot. You know, we're getting different industries, different problems. Every conversation's different, so I find it just, I find it very fun.
0: Well, I certainly encourage people, and we'll put it in the
1: podcast
0: uh, notes. I certainly thank you to uh, To take a listen because it it is absolutely uh, I I every single episode I end up learning things and whether that be about a particular industry or about how to solve a particular problem. It's just an absolutely excellent podcast. Thank you. you do it We've uh, been discussing on our podcast the workplace a great deal and how it's undergoing massive, irrevocable change. Um, whether it's the emergence of artificial intelligence or chat GPT or remote work, or even the power dynamic switch between employers and employees. How are you finding that leaders are handling all of this? And how is it that you believe that tools like Come Up for Air and uh, CPR, the Business Efficiency Framework, can help with some of these changes?
1: I think that people haven't really scratched the surface in general of the changes. And I think that we're still in this we're still in this phase where it's not yet kind of mission critical um, because everyone's kind of still trying to figure it out. But there will be a point where my framework is the norm, not the exception. And AI is the norm, not the exception. And we're probably a couple of years away from that. And, but it's important that right now people start taking this stuff seriously because although, although it's all relatively new, if they don't take it seriously, but the industry starts to take it seriously, you, you, people are going to be left in the dust. Because if you, if you follow, if you're efficient, you use the right tools, you follow my CPR framework, you use automation, you use AI, you can literally run your team probably run the same business with half the team size than you currently have. And think about what that does in terms of cost savings, but also complexity savings, right? And I show an image in the book of how complexity scales exponentially with team size. So if all your competitors are able to kind of lean out, get way more profitable, move way faster, they're gonna be able to start dropping prices and squeeze you out because you're just not gonna be able to compete anymore. So I think it's, I think that most people aren't doing a great job yet. I am starting to see people getting, I mean, at leverage, we're seeing definitely an uptick in interest right now. Um, probably the book helps with that. I think that it's just going to, I think it's going to continue to just get more and more of interest. You know, in the past, people were just interested in marketing or sales tactics. Now, I think AI has helped to showcase that new ways of working and new kind of um, efficiency tools um, can be transformative. Why do you
0: think that there's often a hesitation on the part of people, for example, to take on a new framework or look at things in a new way?
1: Change management's tough. It's like asking someone to brush their teeth with their other hand. You know, it's uncomfortable. Also, if you're drowning in work, asking someone to do anything. um, when they're already just trying to just get by desperately is is just a difficult ask
0: now this is a, a common question that we've been asking a lot of people on our podcast and uh, it's this i'd like you to put on a, a time traveler hat for a minute and given what you see today where are the workplaces of today headed and what quick leadership tip can you give on how people can get ready and build systems that connect with
1: bold success. I think that we're moving into a world where all the tools within CPR and AI are going to be common and necessary. Do you find that that leaders will be
0: reluctant to embrace it, or do you think that they're just going to end up embracing it?
1: I think you're going to get a mix of both. I think you're going to get some people that um, you're going to get some people that like to be early adopters, or they heard about something, or they saw me talk, or they saw someone like me talk and they're all excited. And then I think there's going to be other situations where people are, you know, their boss is going to be forcing them to do it and they're going to be reluctant and annoyed. But I think also that on the other side of it, I think employees are going to start asking questions in during interviews. So what's your tech stack? How do you communicate? How do you collaborate? How do, What is work really like at company ABC? And I think that As a job seeker, it's going to be a huge, huge, huge red flag if you're interviewing at a company and then it's your turn to ask questions and they say, oh, well, we kind of just let people do whatever the hell they want. And some people use text, some people use email, some people use Slack, you know, just run for the hills if that's the case, because you know before you even start that you're going to be getting into a clown rodeo circus and it's going to be a nightmare.
0: You know, we're we're finding that more and more. Like with the certainly, for example, with the people that we work with, some of our career coaching, we find that more and more people are, are asking those questions, those efficiency questions for sure. If people want to uh, learn more about uh, about you, how can they get a hold of you? How can they learn more about uh, CPR and about Come Up for Air?
1: Yeah. So, my book, there's a website for it comeupforair.com. Um, and if you want help with all this stuff, we offer a training program. We call it the leverage Academy that you can find that out at getleverage.com. but we have world-class trainers and consultants that can help hold your hand and guide you through this stuff with a mix of live sessions in a group format, office hours, asynchronous support and on-demand videos. And then I also have that podcast that you mentioned, the
0: and we'll put links for all of that into our podcast notes. And I really want to encourage people to to get a copy of Come Up For Air. I know we're sharing it with all of our clients uh, through our 23 books for 2023. I want to tell you that after reading the book, um, most definitively, it is a practical uh, book packed with effective tools. It's loaded with uh, down-to-earth language and filled with very relatable examples. It it really is a must read for every leader and for every organization. And as I mentioned, we're gonna place it on our 23 books for 2023. And I wanna encourage you to check out Nick's uh, website. Once again, we'll put all of those links in our podcast notes. And I just personally just wanna thank you for the resources and the tools that you make available through uh, the Leverage community and for the impact that it has, and also for taking time today to be a guest on our
1: podcast well thank you for having me and thank you for being a client it's a pleasure
0: all right let's wrap up i really do encourage you to check out nick's book you can find his book along with numerous other amazing books on our 23 books for 2023 that's on our website phoenixlifecoachingcanada.com I also encourage you to check out details about our time blocking masterclass and getting a copy of your Make It So journal. These excellent tools to assist with time management are also available through our website phoenixlifecoachingcanada.com. And don't hesitate to reach out if I can help. For over 20 years now I've been helping individuals and teams to lead with confidence and grow in clarity through one-to-one coaching, and also through team coaching. And our consulting work is also growing as we partner with businesses to ensure that their strategy is providing clarity so that they can significantly accelerate the speed and quality of projects and decision-making. Great leaders don't grow alone. So contact us through our website or just click the link in the podcast notes to schedule a short 30-minute complimentary consultation it'll make the difference. All right, until we get together again next week, start living in a way today that will help you to thrive tomorrow. And remember, you can make it so.